Hi, welcome back to Blast from the Past. We're your hosts, Celia and Eleanor. In this week's episode, we will be traveling, traveling back to the past early 1900s. We will be meeting with the fathers of Keynesian and neoclassical economics. We will be putting them head to head to discuss their principles, which will help us compare and contrast their perspectives. The founder of the Keynesian economics theory was John Maynard Keynes. He's a British economist, and he's the founder of the general theory of employment, interest, and money. And this was published in 1936. Alfred Marshall is known as the father of neoclassical economics. He was the author of Principles of Economics, what was published in 1890. This became the most widely read manual about economics during this time. Well, now we know who we're meeting with today, so it's time to head to the time machine. Let's go! Wow, it looks like it's December 3rd, 1991. Yeah, I've never time-traveled to the 1900s before. Oh, look, Celia, over there. I can't believe we're about to talk to John Keynesian and Alfred Marshall. Let's go introduce ourselves. Let's tell them we're students to not blow our cover. Sounds good. Hello, Mr. Keynes and Mr. Marshall. We are students studying economics, and we were hoping to ask you some questions. Well, good afternoon, ladies. It's nice to meet you. I'm Mr. Keynes, and I am more than willing to help you answer your question. Yes, I'm willing to help you, too. I'll make sure you learn the right perspective to economics, which is, of course, the neoclassical perspective. Perfect. Let's get started. Our first question is, what is the key component to your perspective? Yes, I can go first. So the Keynesian economics is a microeconomic theory of total spending in the economy, and it affects an output, employment, and inflation. This economic focuses on government policy to manage aggregate demand in order to address or prevent economic recessions. It develops a theory in response to the Great Depression, and it represents a new way of looking at spending, output, and also inflation. Now I'll tell you about the neoclassical key components. There are two main building blocks of the neoclassical economics. The first is that potential GDP determines the economy's size. The second is wages and prices will adjust in a flexible manner so that the economy will adjust back to its potential GDP level of output. Potential GDP is the level of output that an economy can achieve when all resources, resources such as land, labor, capital, and entrepreneurial ability are fully employed. Potential GDP is very important for economists. They can use the potential GDP and compare it to real GDP. This helps determine how well the economy is performing. GDP growth is caused by increases in investment in physical capital and human capital per person as well as advances in technology. For example, from 2008 to 2009, the U.S. economy tumbled into recession and remains below its potential. At other times, like in the late 1990s, the economy ran at potential GDP or even slightly ahead. As economic output rises above potential GDP, the level of unemployment falls. This high demand for labor 
will drive up wages, although it will take time to filter through the economy. Oh wow, that's really interesting. So you're saying that Kane believes the government should physically moderate aggregate demand and neoclassical lets the economy recover on its own? Yes, Yes, that's that's correct. Okay, perfect. I'm glad we cleared that up. Let's move on to the next question. What are the policy goals of your perspective? I can go first. The Keynesian economics is based on two main ideas. The first one is aggregate demand and how it's more likely than aggregate supply to be the primary cause of the short-run economic event like a recession. The second main idea is that wages and prices can take economic downturns, like unemployment, will be a result of this. I argued that the overall demand could lead to prolonged periods of high unemployment. An economy, economy of output of goods and services is a sum of four components, consumption, investment, government purchase, and net exports. Now let me tell you about my policy goals. Neoclassical economists believe that the economy will correct itself over time. They support this idea with the argument that it takes government statisticians months to produce even preliminary estimates of GDP so that politicians know whether a recession is occurring. And those preliminary estimates may be revised substantially later. Oh, that is both very interesting viewpoints. Now let's talk about the aggregate demand and how it's important for your perspective. Well, yes, that is a great question. Aggregate demand is a very important aspect of the neoclassical perspective. In the aggregate demand in supply model, potential GDP is represented by a vertical line and the aggregate supply curve will shift depending on the events in the economy. If there is a boost in demand, the curve will shift to the right. The neoclassical analysis says in the long run, The chain of economic events is just the beginning. For example, it takes time for changes in wages to filter throughout the economy. The aggregate demand curve can also shift to the left. One reason for this decline is consumer confidence. This is a decline in consumption. On the other hand, my model, the Keynesian model, focuses on primarily aggregate demand. As firms produce an output, they expect the product to sell. I argued that the aggregate demand is not stable and that can change unexpectedly. If the AD falls, that's what I described as a recession period. But also in a graph in the economy is the equilibrium. With no with less input, then I believe the economy would stay in the recession for longer and create a bigger gap. Girls, throw what he just said out of your head. The economy takes time to filter changes. It's like the ripple effect. We should let the economy run naturally because it will restore itself over time. Well, that's just not true. If the government can manage aggregate demand, it will help us lead out of the recession. That's nonsense! Why don't you guys stop arguing and let's move on to the next question. The next question is just for Mr. Keynesian. Can you describe how the Keynesian policy can influence the economy? Oh, yes I can. My theory says that the government should increase demand to boost growth. I believe that consumer demand is a primary driving force to the economy. Its main tactic is to government spending on unemployment benefits and education. 
A downside in overdoing this policy increases inflation. But I argue that the government spending was necessary to maintain full employment. Oh, that is very nice, Mr. Kane. This next question is for Neoclassical. How does your model respond to the fluctuations in the economy? The Neoclassical model is based off the long-run perspective of the economy. In the long run, the economy fluctuates around its potential GDP and its natural rate of unemployment. The neoclassical model shows that prices will adjust in a flexible manner. This means that recessions will be temporary and the economy will recover to its potential level of output on its own. The neoclassical model does not support the government interfering. They think the government should focus more on promoting long-term economic growth and controlling inflation. Thank you guys so much for answering our questions today. They have been very helpful for our studies. Let's head back to the time machine. Wow, both of them had very strong views. Yeah, now that we're back home, let's compare and contrast them. There are many key takeaways that we learned from their ideas. One is the comparison of the short run and the long run. The neoclassical perspective is more useful in the long run. This is because of a few aspects of the perspective. First, prices in the neoclassical perspective are flexible. Neoclassical economics believe that the economy will fix itself over time. On the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, the Keynesian perspective is more useful in the short run. This is because he believes fiscal and monetary policy should be used actively in the short run to manage aggregate demand. Now let's compare and contrast the models between the two. Keynesian's prices are harder to be adjusted. Keynes advocate for increased government expenditures and lower taxes to stimulate demand and pull the global economy out of the depression. The expenditure output model is a cross diagram that determines the equilibrium level of the real GDP by the point where the total or accurate expenditures in the economy are equal to the amount of output produced. A vertical line shows the potential GDP where full employment occurs. The short-term Keynesian model built on the importance of aggregate demand as a cause of business cycles and a degree of wage and price. It sounds a good job explaining many recessions, why unemployment rises and falls. By focusing on the short-term adjustments of aggregate demand, the economic risk overlooking the long-term causes an economic growth or the natural rate of the unemployment that exists, even when the economy is producing a potential GDP. Now let's talk about the neoclassical model. The neoclassical model, with its emphasis on aggregate supply, focuses on the underlying determinants of output and employment in the markets, and tends to put more emphasis on economic growth and how labor markets work. Economic growth results from a combination of three driving forces, labor, capital, and technology. Short-term equilibrium results from varying amount of labor and capital in the production function. The change in any of these inputs shows the effect on GDP and therefore the equilibrium of the economy. So what did we learn today? Well, we learned that it's important to use both perspectives when studying the economy. This is because they both highlight different areas. For example, if we want to study the economy in the long run, we will use the neoclassical model. But if we're looking at something in the short run, 
it's more beneficial to use the Keynesian model. Also, we can use both models to make the best decision for the, a situation. For example, if it's better for the government to step in and moderate demand, or if we should let the economy run naturally. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of Blast from the Past. We hope you learned something new about the neoclassical perspective and the Keynesian perspective. We appreciate you guys listening to us. Make sure to tune in next week. Bye. Bye.